Hey family, thank you for tuning in today with your girl, Shannon Jackson, also known as the People's Nurse. Today, we're gonna to be talking about narcissistic behavior, but do me a favor, make sure you like and subscribe. Now let's dive into it. Wake up everybody, let's elevate your mind. Live your life without limits, no more wasting time. Don't forget to stay focused. While continuing to stay on the grind. Thank you once again, family, for joining us today for this special episode of Living Your Life Without Limits. And I have brought along a expert to help us discuss the subject called narcissistic behavior. Can you identify the signs? And it is none other than Miss Alisa Stamps, who is a clinical licensed social worker. Miss Stamps, thank you for joining us today. I'm so excited to have you be with us to dive into this episode. Ah, thank you so much for having me. I am thrilled to be here. Your energy is infectious, so thank you. Well, I want to first start this with saying that the reason why this topic was selected, actually a viewer had spoke to me and asked me to bring this subject onto the platform. And I thought it was very interesting because when you talk about narcissists, many people think they know what it is. Or many people say, he's a narcissist, she's a narcissist. But let's first have you clearly define what it is before we start talking about some of the characteristics of it. So that it can be a clear definition of what is it. So why don't you walk us through what is actually a narcissist by definition? I will give you the technical DSM-5 definition okay. or diagnoses and the DSM-5 defines narcissism or narcissistic personality disorder as a fixation with oneself, one's physical appearance, or public perception. Um, it also says that somebody with narcissistic tendencies will have a need for admiration, will have a pervasive pattern of grandiosity, and will most likely, and this is I think the key takeaway, possess a lack of empathy or the ability to feel empathy for others. Very well said. Now that you've said that, you've probably identified half the people that's walking in the earth. So, <laughs> so now we got to pare it down because there is some challenges that people struggle with in particular that I want you to bring out and discuss with people that are in relationships with people that have narcissistic behavior. So walk us through the process of first, how do you identify? So, I mean, technically, if I'm working, let's say with a client that has any of those type of personality disorders in the cluster B spectrum, according to the DSM-5, to really make an accurate diagnosis, I would need to be observing them over a length of time, at least a year. So that's something that um, practitioners, we really need to keep in mind. We may be quick to say, oh, I think there might be some tendencies there, but we need to really have a long period, the longevity, right? Um, these types of injuries, these types of wounds stem from childhood traumatic 
you know, injuries. So um, it's, it's childhood trauma that is then manifested through this type of personality disorder. The core fear of this disorder is the fear of abandonment. So, so many people that display this behavior as adults, it's almost like a defense mechanism. Is that what I'm hearing from something that they haven't dealt with in their childhood? Absolutely. Um, you know, oh, it's a way that they've learned how to keep themselves safe. And it is absolutely a childhood traumatic injury. Okay. Excellent. So now the individual that asked me to bring the subject to the platform feels that the person, I don't know if it's been a clinical diagnosis or not about it, but they feel that they're in a relationship with an individual and it's a lot of struggles and a lot of control, a lot, a lot of power play in there. So how do you handle being in a relationship or, or being a victim from dealing with a person with such a, a personality disorder? How do you help somebody to deal with that? I would say first and foremost, hopefully they will, you know, have the awareness something doesn't feel right here. This does not feel good. This might be something I want to change and I am ready to seek support. So hopefully they begin to seek support and there's so many more resources now than there ever were. Um, and then we begin to really take a look at what does that individual want? what is acceptable to them, what is no longer acceptable, how do we begin to implement some boundaries for that individual? And, and how do we begin to practice those and really take a look at things like boundaries and um, their own core fear beliefs, the individual core fear beliefs. So many people that others may perceive to have this behavior, they themselves may say, it's nothing wrong with me. I'm fine, it's you. You're the problem. You know, it's, 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 they don't, they can, they don't perceive themselves as being a narcissistic person. They may be considered conceited or just very, you know, overconfident. Oftentimes they apply it as being overconfident. You know, I don't have the issue. You have the issue. So, um, how do you overcome that, you know, when you're trying to, if you're in a relationship with somebody that they themselves don't perceive it, obviously it may have not even been a clinical diagnosis, or maybe it's a person that somewhat may feel that they may have something, but haven't really, again, sought help for it. Yeah. You know, I would say it's a rarity that somebody who is actually diagnosably narcissistic believes that they are a narcissist. Exactly. That's what my point. They think everybody else has a problem. It's not them. That's right. So you could say to them, you're a narcissist, and they will say, absolutely not. I don't know what you're talking about, right? So they use all these <laughs> tactics to create the smoke and mirror situation. Cast, mm -hmm. manipulation, control, projection, just as you said. Yes. on with the problem. You have the problem. <laughs> exactly. Right. So um, exactly. I, I did have once a while back, somebody call me up and say, I think I'm a narcissist. People are telling me this. I really want to get help. And I thought, oh, my goodness, this is such like a diamond in the rough here. 
And, you know, I'm not your person to help you. I work on the other end of things, but it's great that there's this awareness, but I would say that's really, really rare. Okay. Uh, so how would you advise uh, an individual who may have a family member or loved one, a friend, coworker, colleague? Uh, how do you work within parameters when, like you said, most people won't identify themselves that way, but yet, you know, how are we going to coexist at the same time where we can still have healthy boundaries? So give us some tips to give to the audience, because again, this was a viewer requested episode that we talk about it. So what, what, what can we give in terms of advice and how to handle such things? So I believe this was someone very personal and connected to them in a relationship. So it was something that they want the relationship, but they don't like the behavior within the relationship. That's a really tricky, hard question, hard place to be. And I want to just honor that first and foremost, that's a really hard place to be. Um, I would say just really examining, you know, again, what is acceptable to you, what is not acceptable to you, and then beginning to think about what boundaries might look like. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, beginning to practice setting those, knowing that there may be consequences for that. And of course, we would never want somebody to be in a physically dangerous, unsafe position. But knowing that boundaries could have an impact and a reaction from the narcissist and beginning to kind of gray rock ourselves, that's a term that's used frequently, which is um, beginning to try and walk back our own emotional pulls so that there is a space. Um, you know, Dr. Carol McBride, who's an author of the book, Will I Ever Be Good Enough?, which is for daughters of narcissistic mothers, talks about this idea of separation individuation being a part of and apart from and that really begins with boundary work and sort of accepting okay this is what this relationship is how mm -hmm. do i want to proceed in it and the work is here we cannot control anything out here the work is all here okay so the advice you're basically giving someone who's either recovering from a relationship or struggling within the relationship is in essence, what I'm hearing is really the work starts within them identifying their boundaries and setting expectations. Correct. Okay. Correct. We can't change anyone else. We really can't unless they're wanting of it. So for people that are on the dating scene, what kind of tips you want to give them to be aware of as they're out there looking for that perfect mate to try to not get hooked up in a narcissistic relationship? What are some of the key signs that we want to give them, those warning signs? I heard a comedian one time say, and I thought it was so funny, they said it would be so great that if you went out and dated someone and you could see their side effects when you were dating it. And I thought that was an hilarious bit because <laughs> it doesn't come out until later. But what are some of the warning signs that just some things that we can, you know, be aware of for those that are single, that may be entering into relationships? What are some of the warning signs that you can give to them? I would say the biggest is to watch out for love bombing. 
That's a pretty popular term right now. Um, if someone is fawning all over you, first date, even the second date, you're everything I ever wanted. I can't even imagine what this will look like. You know, I would say, whoa, like, let's stop here for a moment. Nobody can know us in one or two dates. So if they are, you know, really projecting and love bombing all over the place, I would say like that might be a warning sign to look out for. It, it should be at a pace that feels comfortable, not like we've pressed the fast forward button. Okay. What about social media and narcissistic behavior? I mean, social media now, so many identities, right? You don't know who's who on there. Everyone is playing role play today. I mean, you gotta be very, very careful, but what are some key signs to watch for in interactions on social media? Um, <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm like running through what clients have shared with me about like their adventures and dating which, you know, woo, good luck. I mean, <laughs> um, I would just say if somebody's presenting not as they seem, you know, really, if, if your gut, if you have this visceral, like sometimes I can have this visceral reaction where I, something's saying, ooh, I don't know about this, pay attention to that. If something is not as it seems, pay attention to that, you know? Um, if you're noticing control, watching how they treat other people, if you're going out in public with them, I think those are all things to really be And it doesn't even have to be in a dating scene, right, with social media. Sometimes it can just be somebody very dominant in their personality on a social media platform. In other words, controlling things, right? Uh, you can kind of see that where it's very uh, vocal, aggressive behavior in their posts or discussions or exchanges. That can also be a form of narcissistic behavior flowing through the um, uh, digital airways. <laughs> it should be an even exchange. Yeah. It shouldn't be dominated really by either side. I mean, obviously there's moments where somebody's commanding center, but then it should go back and forth. So as we're getting ready to close this, you talked about something because our, our platform is about providing motivation, inspiration, and education. And you started off with saying today there are so many more resources that are available that wasn't there in the past. What are they? Well, unpack that for us so that people know there is help. Whether you are on this side of the coin where you dis, uh, display that behavior, although it's uncommon that many people ask for help, but or if you've been a victim and, and, and have been in those relationships, be it personal, be it family, business, uh, what are some of the resources that are available to help people? Absolutely. I would say, you know, one of my go-tos is a website called NarcissistAbuseSupport.com. And Tracy Malone is the founder and creator of that. She's coming out with a book that's going to be fantastic all about divorcing a narcissist, which I, and, mm. and runs down everything from legal preparation, financial preparation. So that's, she's an excellent resource and her, as is her site. Um, Dr. Carol McBride, who is the author of Will I Ever Be Good Enough? Her site is another wonderful resource. It's willieverbegoodenough.com. Um, she really speaks to more of that daughter-mother relationship but another great resource, Dr. Ken Adams, 
is one that works specifically with men entangled and enmeshed with mothers. Mm -hmm. So he's a really terrific resource. Um, and then I, you know, I got, got to shamelessly plug myself. I recently of course. wrote a book um, called The Gaslighting Recovery Journal. And, yes, um, I saw that in your bio. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I would say please feel free to check that out as well. It's written in journal form and um, really addresses recovery from gaslighting and emotional abuse. Excellent, excellent. So what would be a final thought that you would want to leave if you wanted them to take anything from today's discussion um, that they will keep and, and be important that they need to pay attention to? What would that be? I would say that you're not alone. You know, um, the good news is what social media brings to this idea of, um, you know, narcissism is awareness. And there are so many more resources. And I would just encourage people to seek that out. Seek out professional help if you need it as well. That's incredibly important. Um, but you're not alone. And if you're feeling something is off, I would say really lean into that gut instinct. Excellent. Well said. Thank you so much, Miss Alisa Stamps, for your time and your expertise on this subject matter. And I want to tell the viewer and listening audience something that she spoke about early on in this discussion is you have to know yourself and be self-aware and understand your boundaries. And that doesn't matter whether it's a narcissist or any other relationship that is prone to you being subject to verbal or physical abuse, and you don't have to take it. There is help, as she mentioned. She put a lot of great resources out there, and we're gonna put those on this link of this, um, of this video link so that we can continue to provide that help for you. And also, if there's any other things that you might need you want to make sure you check out living your life without limits free resource center where we continue to provide ongoing education and information on a variety of resources to help you at your time of need once again i want to thank our special guest miss alisa stamps for coming in today and dropping some gems on narcissistic behavior and how to identify that and what are some of the actions you can take and as always, thanking you, the viewers and listening audience, for joining us each week as we bring you elevation, motivation, and inspiration. So make sure you continue to tune in to Living Your Life Without Limits each week because guess what? We are just getting started. And as I end every topic each week, remember to love yourself, take care of yourself, because guess what? You are absolutely worth it. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next week.